Get ready to take your branding to the next level. This is Million Dollar Branders. We know what it takes to build million dollar brands because we live it and breathe it. And now we're sharing our tips and success secrets with you. Here's your host, Justine Pogroski. Hi guys, welcome to the Million Dollar Branders podcast. So we've got a very special guest for you today. I personally have loved every single bit of his content. I think he's probably one of the most authentic people I'm going to say on social media, always bringing the real vibes. And this is Mr. Matt Steinwade. Matt, I'm so honored to have you on our podcast today. I appreciate you having me. <laughs> so just a bit of background around Matt ranking consistently at the as the number one agent in the McGrath network combined with leading one of the most successful sales teams in Australasia. Matt Steinwade is sought after property sales specialist with 25 years experience dedicated solely to the real estate industry across the central coast. Matt has one of the Australia's best track records in terms of property sales. And guys, the Australian property market is tough. So this is difficult. <laughs> As an industry leader, Matt has highly specialized team in this customer service, marketing strategy and technology database management. And this allows him to dedicate his time to the critical areas of buyer management and negotiation for his clients. Matt's achievements have seen him recognized by global sales leaders and a thought leader and emerge in demand high performance speaker. Outside of his passion for real estate, Matt is an author and founder of the 31 Minutes Global Movement, which helps people who want to unlock their true potential and live their best life. And on top of that, Matt, I know you're very into your fitness, as am I, but it's really important. And you've achieved the most remarkable success as a top real estate agent in Australia. And you've just had such an impact, I think, on so many lives, I'm going to say globally. And we're doing this interview because that, I think, is so important, like that global reach for you but you've got the most interesting stories and I want to dive into that can you take us back to the early days of your I'm going to say prior to real estate <laughs> share some pivotal moments or experience that set you on your path of where you are today uh yeah I'll keep it as short as I can because I'm um, 30 years on you get a bit sort of like oh, everyone <laughs> wants to talk about your story but it's um yeah I used to, I went from I like surfing and then I went into party in the city and then started taking drugs and bouncing and things like that. But I got quite involved in the whole criminal world in Sydney. And when I, funny though, when I started that, I, um, I could see that there was a currency in that criminal world with, um, you know, the sort of more connected you are and the, the more feared you were. And I didn't know anything about it, but I, um, I sort of then started training at a gym called City Gym, which was like a, the only 24-hour gym, I think, anywhere. That's was... my gym, actually. Oh, is it? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so I started training there and I was like, um, I walked in one day with a, a guy from the party scene. His name was Steve. And I was like, how are so big? Like, I was like this skinny surfer. <laughs> and um, and he, he goes, oh, they all take steroids. And I was like, what's a ste what's steroids? And he goes, oh, do you want some? And I was like, yeah, yeah, get me some. So um, I started taking them and it got bigger and bigger and bigger. And then over time, I just, I don't know, started to develop, I don't know if you call it a profile exactly, but it was like, just got to know a lot of people and things. And But then I got deeper and deeper in the drug world. So everyone was like, oh, you should be competing in bodybuilding. And I was like, so I always had like a good frame, but just, quite lean like a surfer thing and then I, I wasn't discippointed enough I just wanted to party and chase girls around really so um but then over time that all started to go really sideways and um I ended up sort of homeless well I ended up working for people that were all involved in that and then just doing lots of things but um something happened you know sliding door moments in life yes people that i sort of did things for they sent me up to Terrigal where I had no idea where that was and they were opening another brothel and they said can you go recruit some girls for the brothel and look around and so they connected me with the bikies up there and then I but I met this guy that night his name was Dean and that's my brother's name too by the oh way. is it there yeah <laughs> so his name is Dean and then he's he's big like I'm six foot almost six foot four and he's 
makes me look small. Mm. And um, he knew a girl, it was her 18th birthday, and her name was Karina, and she came up to say hello, and I was like literally knocked off my feet. I was like, whoa, she's amazing. And anyway, I asked for a number. I didn't know till quite a bit later, but when she went to write it down, the bouncer grabbed her and said, oh, you're not giving that guy your number, are you? She's like, oh, yeah. And she's a really innocent sort of Mormon girl. And then um, he said, whatever you do, don't give him your number. And please don't say I said anything. He's the sort of guy that makes people disappear. But fortunately, she did. Like, fortunately, she gave me her number. I went back to Sydney. Everything went really bad. I ended up sort of living in this abandoned building in Camperdown, huge drug habit, just everything. I can't even explain it to you. It was just really bad. And then I rang Dean and I only met him sort of once, but spoke to him a couple of times, but I rang him and said, can you come and pick me up? This would have been six months plus later, maybe a year later. I don't know the time. And I said, can you come pick me up? I'm going to be dead or in jail any day. And he said, uh, he just drove down and I left with just what I was wearing. And he took me to his parents' house and put me out the back of his parents' house in this little room. And I stayed there for nine months. Wow. Anyway, I just, I was in a bad psychosis. Like I was injecting so much drugs and was just nowhere. And I was still with Karina. Hmm. She was hanging around and her parents sent her to Queensland to try and get her away from me and all of these things. And then I rang an ex-girlfriend in Sydney, Lisa. It was like nine months later. And I was drawing stick figure people in this back room for months on end. And I, I named him Duncan. And I, that's how bad I was. I was like, you know, this total delusional world. Wow. And uh, and I rang Lisa and I said, I'm in a bit of trouble. Because I thought, I have to do something. What am I doing here? I said, I'm in a bit of trouble. And she's like, you're in a lot of trouble. You, you've left a huge mess down here. I said, what should I do? And she goes, why don't you get into real estate? And I'm like, oh, that sounds good. What's real estate? So I just grabbed the phone book and just rang everybody and said, do you have a traineeship? And uh, no, no one would give me a job, but this lady ended up giving me a job in a home office. And she just, she, I said, look, I don't have a home. I don't have a car. I don't have anything. And she, Dean bought me a couple of pairs of pants and a couple of polo shirts. And she put me in a caravan on her property Wow. And he said, if you can just door knock every day. And that's what I did. And I used to just, um, she used to bring me to work. And then over time, I ended up renting this room off an old lady that was friends of Karina's. And I used to get the bus into work. And I used to walk the streets all day, just asking people if they want to sell their house. And then um, day after day in the rain, it didn't matter what it was. I had nothing else to offer anyway. And then one day I got home. This would have been a year later, maybe more. And Ray, who owned the fish and chip shop in Kalani Vale. Kalani Vale was this little country town in nowhere, just with a few little shops. And then Ray rings me at Tina's house when I walked in and he goes, Matt, it's Ray from the fish and chip shop. And I said to him, how on earth did you get this number? Like I was sort of in hiding a little bit. Mm. I said, how did you get this number? And he goes, don't worry about that. He goes, you've just been on Australia's Most Wanted. And I was like... Oh, bugger. <laughs> really? Yeah. So, and then Karina's dad turned up and then I went, I went and handed myself back in, in Sydney and I, they took me to court straight away. And I had like, I don't know, 14 warrants out for my arrest for all different things. Anyway, the Karina's mum came and the old lady came and they testified and all this sort of stuff. And Karina's mum was crying in the thing saying, you know, I'm really trying to turn my life around. And then, then the judge looked at me one day, uh, looked at me at the end and she said, she, I don't know what happened. Angels intervened. I don't know. Mm. And she said, Matt, you should be going to jail for quite a few years today. And she said, I just see some good in you. And she said, wow. if you um, back here again, I'll, uh, I'll send you for most of your life. And so I walked out of there and I rang Dean and I said, I'm going to make you a promise. I'm going to become Australia's number one agent. And then... Wow. From then off I, off I went, I had to do community service and all this sort of stuff in the yeah. middle of trying to work. But yeah, that's what happened. Well, I've actually got shivers and I know um, watching your content, you spoke even of how you went and you wanted to get like all those tattoos on your body. So you, I think you have had, like I'm very spiritual, but I know you've had like quite a lot of angel intervention, but I'm so glad you didn't go to jail and you're here with us on the podcast <laughs> and you did have your part because 
on this podcast, I really wanted to tap into people. I think the world has gone a bit nuts at the moment, especially with the war and stuff. And people need light and they need inspiration. And your story is so inspirational right now. So, mm. I mean, you've achieved such remarkable success. Again, I'm going to keep plugging it because <laughs> I, I feel like you've just worked so hard and to yeah. especially to transform your life. And the world, I think, is in a state of transformation at the moment. But um, I think it, I've got this rule, you know, where it's like rule number one, never be number two. So <laughs> how, how do you maintain being ranked the number one agent at the McGrath Network consistently? Because I can imagine it's not just action, it's mindset too. I think it's um, reinventing yourself. Uh, you've, you've got to stay relevant. You know, I've been in a long time, been around a long time. Um, but there's been times when you get to burnout stage and it becomes not as enjoyable anymore. But you do have to reinvent yourself. And and it's almost like daily I do that now in a way f- with frequency. And, you know, I've learned a lot about vibration over the years. But, you know, when you're doing something that you you sort of got to do something you like, you know, like it's got to suit you. I, real estate suits me because I bounce around all day, speak to a lot of people. I don't think a lot of people could run at the, the volume level that I do because it is exhausting. I've had a lot of people work with me and they're just like, oh, this is all too hard. But that's... That's like, they've got to find something that they really enjoy. And I think that's one of the things you've got to wake up every day and go, I mean, I don't love real estate every day, but it's, I enjoy the the freedom and flexibility it gives me to see a lot of people, to use my energy a lot, to, you know, I've probably got a bit of ADD or whatever, but to structure my <laughs> I life. Think we all do. Yeah, <laughs> I think so. Yeah. But I, I do like that. So I committed a long time ago, even though I, I'm a part owner of a large company now. Like we have 11 offices. Um, I don't have anything to do with running it. So I have a business partner that runs all of it. And I was acutely aware of my strengths. And and that was KPIs. So when I get up every day, especially before, but when I was working, I used to hit 40 connects a day. might not seem like a lot to people, but to go out and find... 40 people that I would say, hi, I'm Matt. Did you want to sell your home? No, thanks. And I database them. I would do that every day. Wow. Real estate agents would be lucky to do five. Mm. And, but but I it really suited the way I worked and, and then how many appointments I needed to do. And I was quite structured like that. But running an office, and I think a major mistake that people make, whether it's real estate or other things, they go start a business in what they're good at and they soon see that, they're not business people. They mm-hmm. might be good at selling houses, but they're not business people. So my business partner is like the boss of the business and my ego is at the door. Like I don't, I, I don't walk around going, oh, this is whatever. Uh, he's he's fully in charge. And that's good though. We've, we've been in business now for uh, about 25 years, roughly. Wow. And, um, and we work so well and people quite often say, why do you guys like how do you how do you have this amazing partnership and it's just building and building it's because we stay right in our lane and I I think life that's a bit of a life lesson as well like you've got to stay what you're good at and don't try and do too many things you know people have all these different things trying to make money you'll make a lot of money if you get really good at one thing that you enjoy Mm, absolutely and I know personally as an entrepreneur, it's. I'm so glad you touched on that because not every day you're going to feel like going to work or doing what you love. Like there's some days you do, like, let's be honest, like not like, or I'm going to use a strong word here, but hate what you do because you'll go through these difficult moments. Yeah. What do you tell yourself in those difficult moments? Because I know you're very into health and fitness and I know your discipline, but what, what, are, what goes on in Matt Steinway's head in those moments? I think today that answer would have been very different 20 years ago. I think today I'm just literally trying to find the best version of myself every day. So I don't drink. I don't obviously don't take drugs. Uh, I've been married three times. I've got seven kids. Um, that was, that's been very difficult rebuilding and rebuilding, but you know, you learn things as you go. I've got a newborn um, and every day, like time is a tricky thing because it, it's, you know, you you do, you needed in lots of different places, but I'm really quick to say no these days. Like if it's, you know, I don't need to be all things to all people, mainly to pre- protect my own energy. And your energy management in life is the thing that will either help you. You know, I was on a treadmill here um, this morning and I was ta- thinking about depression and one of my clients gets depressed very easy. 
And I, I was like, I was thinking about that. And I just don't think he has good enough emotional control mm. over what he focuses on and, and ends up going down that path. I'm not a doctor. I'm not pretending to be. I just, I have an acute awareness of energy management. And that's a mixture of studying Esther Hicks for a long time, Bashar, myself, like just working on it, working on it. Because I had some real bad problems before, a long time ago, like really, yeah. bad, real bad issues. And, but I could see that the more in control I got of my day, the more my life steadied as well. And then also the choices along the way around who you're going to hang out with, what are you going to eat? What are you going to drink? Like people turn to drinking on a weekend and, you know, friends of mine trying to find this relaxed state or this enjoyment state. And they look forward to that. But really the outcome of that is total frequency crash, you yeah. know, like after it. And I'm not telling people not to drink, do whatever suits you. But I can tell you today, I'm healthier. I'm happier. I'm, my life is the best it's ever been at 51. And I look back and I'm like, that was just a blur and a fog before because I really didn't understand that structure is freedom. Like, yeah, it really is like the discipline. A lot of people say to me, you're so disciplined. Not really. Well, I am, but I'm like, I've got these steps that I need to take every day because at 55, I want to be the fittest version of myself, like whatever that is. Mm. I sort of have a bit of an idea of what that looks like, but I know if I just keep doing this, it's going to end up there. Um, you know, and even with wealth and things, you know, I, I'm comfortable. I, you know, people would say I'm relatively wealthy, but you don't need too much money to just to be peaceful. And I think peace of mind is very important. So Sorry. I drive a Land Cruiser, 219 Land Cruiser. Um, I'll never have a car loan again, things like this. People like, so they want to have these exterior things where they go get a loan for this and go get a loan for that and put this on Afterpay and this. But you wake up every day and already you're behind the energy stream because you go like, shivers, I've got to pay for that and I've got to pay for that. I'd rather drive a Corolla around that I owned. So I yeah. never have to think about that extra payment over here or that extra. And I, and I know this isn't, we're not talking about money exactly, but that's all part of it. I think there's a lot of pressure today on people because they're putting it on themselves because they're spending too much. They're buying things they really don't need. Um, they, and it, it really does create uh, an unsteadiness in life. Yeah. Once you find your center in life where your living expenses are vastly different than what you earn, even if you earned a hundred thousand dollars a year, if you spent $50,000 a year, you're really comfortable. Mm. Oh, forty thousand dollars a year. So I today I I look for peace of mind, steadiness, with excitement, um, over everything. You know, if I don't want to go to a dinner because I just don't want to, in the night, I just say no to the people, and people say, "Oh, right, why not?" I say, "Oh, I don't really, I don't feel like it. I don't. Go, I go to bed at eight thirty. I'm not. I'm not great company. So maybe we could do like a coffee sometime or mm. a bit of caffeine but a water or a juice everyone says to me you want to get a juice because they know I don't drink caffeine I like even caffeine I know it sounds extreme but even caffeine um and I used to have energy drinks and things like this it it mucks up your frequency and you you oh. talked before about the war over here you know that this is going on the world is changing and I believe it's a frequency split Mm -hmm. listen to Dolores Cannon one earth is splitting into another and you can see it my whole goal now is to operate in the highest frequency possible because I believe that's my protection in the future yes 100% I do mm. oh my gosh this is so inspiring and I think it's it's almost uncanny at the timing of this interview too because I think it's so needed and to be honest I don't really drink um, and I'm very health conscious. So I totally identify with what you're saying. And let's, I, I just want to tap into something that you said, because you said you're very, you've got almost these levels of your day. Can you walk us through a day yeah. in the life of what you do? Because you look great for your age. And I think there is, you know, we spoke a little bit about discipline, but it goes beyond discipline. It's like yeah. the outcome of your entire life, right? It's almost your legacy, which we're, we're talking about. Can you walk us through a day of yours? Yeah, sure. I get up without an alarm clock every day. So that's, you know, I like to get to bed at 
8, 30, 9 o'clock if I can. And then I you must wake up without an alarm clock because your body's not ready to get up unless your energy tank is full. Your body needs no coaching in what to do. It's amazing. Interesting. So, yeah. So when people have an alarm clock, the only time I'll ever set an alarm clock is if I have to go to the airport, which is almost never. But if I had to get up at three in the morning, so you naturally wake up, whether you wake up at five, 5.30 or six or 4.30, your body will just get up. But I don't get out of bed for a few minutes because I get my thought momentum going. So when you go to sleep, your energy totally resets and all of your vibration from yesterday stops. So I reset it for the day and I start saying things like, you know, I feel fantastic. And I sort of get a sense of where I'm at a little bit. It's not a labored thing. It's just a like bit of a feel. And if I feel like totally in the zone, I'll stay in bed a minute or two. But if I'm not, sometimes I might stay there for 10 minutes and a half, just get myself feeling okay. Cause I'll never get out of bed unless I'm clicked in a little bit. And then I'll do some breathing, um, 30 sets of the Wim Hof um, beginner one. I do that one. Mm -hmm. And then an ice bath. And then I'll do 45 minutes to an hour of cardio and then I have a full gut health regime in the morning. So I have these things called pods, which are like um, gut health food from a guy who's like a mad scientist, but they're fantastic. <laughs> and, and then powder, same from him. And then I have this, you know, like a breakfast breakfast regime because gut health, I've everything. learned everything. Yeah, without gut health, you your skin won't look good. You won't feel good. Your emotions won't be great, like all of that. So I've been on that journey for a couple of years now and that sits at the top of everything. And then I get into the day. I help Tara with the baby for a bit. Then I'll go do my thing at work and then I'll go um, train at about four. I have a factory with a gym in it so I don't have to train with people. Um, not for any other reason apart from I just like getting in and getting out and not really looking. You know, yeah. Yeah. And then um, I'll have a sauna for half an hour and I'll come home, dinner with Tara, hang out for a bit, ice bath, bed. Wow, incredible. And, yeah. and I noticed that so in the morning, a lot of people have the habit of picking up their phones and reading. Where does your phone fit into this? Yeah, I do. Um, I do for a minute. I just have a scan because like I have another guy that I know very well who's actually the partner in the 31 minute thing. He doesn't touch his phone for an hour or two. I get a bit of anxiety if I don't just quickly just have a look. Mm -hmm. I don't really like it. I like just sort of having a scan, watching a TikTok or two and going. Um, but that's that's like after I have clicked in. Yeah. Got you. And then something that you touched on before um, was energy. And I think we're living in a world you do need to protect your energy. I know I'm very, very careful with who I give my time to, who I put myself around. But how do you pick the right people to be around? And how do you listen to your intuition or your gut when it comes to that? Like, uh oh, this isn't right for me, or, you know? Mm. Well, I think if it feels forced, I just like, if I just don't feel like it, I just say no. Like, if it's, well, it's a very hard one to say this is what you need to do. Just, it's that feeling. You know, if I feel prompted to do it, I'll do it. If I don't feel prompt, you'll never get me to do it. Like, you know, I have some friends that I just ignore their calls because they, I tell, I tell them like they might call me four or five, six times, but they sit on the phone for half an hour and I just, I just don't want to, you know, mm -hmm. and when they, I eventually, sometimes I'll ring them back later and later and later, weeks later. Um, and they'll say, oh, you, you haven't, no, love here. You haven't called. And I say, well, I don't, I don't want to sit on the phone for half an hour. You talk too long. So I find um, when you're really authentic about what you want to do, your vibration actually just raises anyway. And people really adjust to that. Like I, I have a saying at work, the blunter, the better, no matter whether it's a client or a friend or whatever, if the blunter you are with people, they know where you stand. And when you're fake about things, it actually takes your energy away. Like it drains your energy a lot. So I'm not saying be rude to people, but you have to be truthful. Absolutely. Yeah. That yeah. is the best lesson. Thank you so much for that. Yeah. And Matt, so many aspiring entrepreneurs struggle with setting and achieving goals, especially because the world is a bit like this at the moment. It goes back to, down to that energy thing, but what advice can you offer on setting meaningful and achievable goals while maintaining discipline to pursue them? I don't think you need to think about your goals too much. I think you just need 
I've had all different things over the years, but today I might just have one goal. And like, I don't really need much anymore, but I have, I used to have one cars and this, I don't want any of that stuff now, but I do want a jet one day. And the reason I want a jet is uh, I don't really like airplanes. And if I have to go around places, I just want to like get on there and go. And not for any other reason. I'll probably never take a photo of it. I, I would never like be showing it you know, like some people do on Instagram. But I think one that's the thing I would like one day. The rest, I don't really need anything else. Um, but it's all linked to your performance of the day. So I almost don't even think about it because, you know, if you want to increase your wealth position, then you just got to get really good at what you do and increase your income. So it's sort of like, there's no point thinking about down there apart from being excited that it's going to come one day. That's it. No, and some people, I think, mix up the emotion of a goal because they look at it and they get anxious about how's it going to come la, 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 la. i'm just excited about it'll arrive one day it's like it's almost like i've put it there and i'm just someone texted me today and said um they want to come and visit from england for a like a catch-up or one-on-one not that i do that but i was like oh yeah he said oh have you got your jet yet you could send it over <laughs> it's like i can feel it all forming around me yes my and I don't need to think too much about it because once you ask for something, the universe has already vibrationally created it. Now I've just got to become that person that f- aligns with it in a frequency point that's wealth and also um, the deserving of it or the, the receiving of it. But the thing is, it's not like you get there vibrationally and all of a sudden it pops up. It may, but you've got to live like that. Mm. you've got to live like that for a a long period i believe and this is just what i think but i think the universe it makes you work for it to become that person so when you receive it you can handle the responsibility of it so it's not just going to pop out of the sky it might be one year it might be 10 years i don't really know when i wanted to become number one in mcgrath it was just a thing of mine the last franchise that i would belong to before that was Rain and Horn, and they have three thousand salespeople. Rain and Horn, and I, I was very young then, and it said, and I said, I want to become number one in Rain and Horn. It took me about three years to do, and I became number one there. But in McGraw, when we joined that, there was probably I don't know four hundred salespeople, wow. but they they were riding, the top ten were riding like three or four times the amount of the top ten in Rain and Horn. I was like, whoa, that's amazing, that's unbelievable. It took me 15 years to become number one in McGrath. Some years I'd get to number five and then have to do it all over again. Number two, do it all over again. It doesn't sound like much, but when you're selling real estate, like people don't sell homes every day and you've got to go and prospect. And it's very difficult. Even I rang John McGrath one time and I said, I really want to become number one in McGrath. And he's like, because we live in a little coastal town. He's like, I don't know if you can even do it from where you live because you're competing with all the guys in Sydney selling tens of millions of dollars houses. And I said, John, never doubt me. I'll do it. I'll, I will do it. He said, oh, well, if anyone's going to do it, you can do it. But it <laughs> took 15 years. So why I was saying that is I never focused on the time. I wanted it, but I never focused on the time. I just knew if I kept doing the right things every day, every goal in your life will come. But I think sometimes we get too worked up about Oh, it should be here or that person's got it. I never really think about that anymore. But the answer today is very different than if you asked me 20 years ago. Wow, unbelievable. So many diamonds in this interview. And Matt, transformation often requires leaving behind old habits and beliefs. What personal professional belief did you have to change to reach your current level of success? I'm going to say mindset in business. And how did you go about making that transformation? I think my biggest one was um, I felt like a bit of a fraud mm. when I was younger. I really did. I just felt like I was really this lost little kid who was, you know, drug addict. Like, you know, I sort of felt like that inside and I was always trying to prove myself to people. And um, so I think I had to develop, but it, it's experience going through. The bumps have been the best things. The bumps have been the best things. Like, you know, even building a business, it, like the times when we had no money and we're just like, oh, what are we going to do? And it's, I was so stressed and all of this. And there was just so many things along the way. But they're the things that have actually built my confidence today. Like, you know, it's 
it's like that that saying the seasoned sailor like you know mm-hmm. the, the only way to become a seasoned sailor is go through all the storms and who would you want to go to sea with the old crusty guy that's been through eighty five thousand storms or the guy that pulls into a bay and looks good but whatever oh, no. you know, it's a bit <laughs> like that and and if there's one thing that I've learned about all this, if you're doing the right thing along the way, it's going to work out uh, every time. So good. Every time. So the thing I had to learn was more just almost like relax isn't the right word, but all I can do is what I choose to do in the day. You know, um, I was thinking about prison today. I don't know why I was thinking about prison and I was thinking about most people are in prison because of poor emotional choices. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, those moments, I know what that's like. Like I smashed a guy's face in and I was walking down the street and him and his mates, this is one of the things I was charged with, but uh, his whole face got, had to get rebuilt. And, um, but I got emotional at that time, you know, like I was thinking about that today and emotional control is probably the thing I've learned most out of this whole journey. And not going in that place of anxiety or even if things happen, disappointment and being there because that just is a slippery slope down to depression and all this sort of stuff. And I do wonder if depression is, I don't know the answer, but I do wonder if depression is changeable with work on yourself, learning how to live in the zone at the top of the emotional, Esther Hicks has an emotional guidance scale. Mm. Emotional guidance scale at the top is, excitement and um, passion and things like this but when you live in that zone it's like the gates open up and everything becomes easier so my journey over the last 20 years has been trying to learn how to do that because I think I operated down the bottom a lot like just fight or flight yeah like just to survive and I, I was so programmed there my hands always were sweaty I was like you know, I just was like, felt like I was running, running, running so fast and just couldn't get off this thing. Whereas now I'm sure you work hard and things happen. you got to manage it all. But if something happens in that moment, I'm like, I can either be disappointed or just see it as a redirection in this, this way. And you know, when things people say, oh, this happened and this happened, but if that didn't happen, uh, that was the best thing that ever happened to me was that bad thing. You know, mm-hmm. so I see it. Yeah, I see it now as if I just stay on my path, feeling the best that I can, controlling my thoughts and doing what I can control, the universe will work it out. That's what I feel. So that's that's the sort of thing that I've probably progressed most with in life. I love it. It's a very spiritual interview, this interview. I love it. <laughs> I definitely love it. It's so awesome. And let's talk a little bit about networks, because one of the things that I believe in is having a strong network in life, business, friends, whatever it is, but building a strong network and surrounding oneself with the right people can, I think, be pivotal in success in both life and business. How do you choose the individuals you associate with and how has it influenced your path, your entrepreneurial path? I think become a brand. I think when, so in the real estate industry, I have a very strong brand, but I set out to become a household name. So I was, when I was a lot younger, I was like, I, I just see people wake up and ring LJ Hooker or they ring Rain and Horn and all these people. They're not actually ringing anyone. They're just, usually they're just ringing like a company. This is a long time ago. And I was like, I want people to ring Matt Steinway. So when I, I just focused on that, really, I didn't manufacture the network that I had at all. I was more like, um, so focused on becoming the best that I could be at what I did that I attracted all these people over time. I love that so much. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, um, yeah, that, that was like probably the best thing that I ever did. And I just turned off, like turned off, like, you know, all the networking things. I'm, you're not saying that, but you yes. know, no, I know I watched, exactly. yeah, I watched all these people like trying to manufacture their network and things and get to know this person because it's welcome to get to know. Yeah, and I never felt right to me. So I just sort of went down this path. And then, you know, I met John McGrath and actually that's that's a lie. So one thing I did, yes, one thing I did 27 years ago is sent a videotape to John McGrath just if I could meet him. And I heard about him and Karina's mum said, why don't you send John McGrath a videotape? So I did and I wrote on it, this will take one minute and 55 seconds of your life to watch. Wow. Um, it oh. could make a wealth of difference to your life and possibly mine. So he he watched that and then rang me two weeks later and said, would you 
come down and have breakfast with me. Nothing came of it. We just sort of connected and then over time. And now I now we're the largest franchise holder in McGrath. So <laughs> he's such a good guy. I actually had the honor of meeting him at Arik. He's the best. So yeah. he actually introduced me to one of my mentors, Les Brown. I don't know if oh, you yeah. know. that was an or he's an awesome Love Les. I'm so I'm so I, I really think that stepping outside of your comfort zone, like what you did though, so creative. And when you said become a brand, I know I've done that for myself. So especially in the times we're living through, but there's a difference between an authentic brand and I'm going to say a plastic brand. Yeah. <laughs> differentiate between the two because so many people want to be influencers on TikTok and all they care about is the likes. And the one thing I love about your brand is the level of authenticity. You're not scared to speak your mind. No, no. <laughs> it's even with the followers and things like Jackson's like, oh, we should do. I said, oh, look, Jack, I don't really care. Like this is put stuff out there. And if people want to watch it, they will and they won't. And people buy all these things. They have all these tricks. I don't know any of that. I just like, I just think if you've got a message that people resonate with, they'll find you somehow. Yeah, that's yeah. what I, I'm not telling people how to do it. Oh, I, have no idea. Course. I just do it that way. <laughs> but how, how do you actually maintain such an authentic brand? It's just, I think it's just you though, right? Yeah, like, I so. <laughs> I've just been through a lot of crap in life. <laughs> yeah. um, Matt, when it, what does it mean to you to be fearless and how has this concept influenced your life and entrepreneurship? Oh, yeah. Well, I can't answer this because I'm not fearless because I still, even though I've spoken a thousand times everywhere, people still ask today, like so many times, can you come speak at this event? I just get too anxious. Very enough. And I love it. It's true. Yeah, I do. Yeah. I get too anxious. Like I just, oh, I know I should. You would be damn amazing though. So, I think, <laughs> and I know the Americans will love you. So Americans <laughs> Yeah, um, like, yeah, I sort of like, no, I should be. And I'm like, uh, every time someone asks now, I say no. And I'm like, because I think, because the problem is they go, can you speak next May at 23rd? And I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to be feeling on May 23rd next year. Because I like to be in the zone and you travel over there and, you know, I don't know. I, just, I, don't know. I think I think we're going to manifest that jet with your branding on it. That's going to come pick you up and take you to an event in the States. That would be good. I'm manifesting I that. I know there's a reason for that jet. But I don't know what it is, but yeah, you're right. Yeah. It's probably maybe, maybe we were meant to meet. Maybe that's <laughs> Um, But Matt, also in a world of entrepreneurship, calculated risk, I think is sometimes essential, even though like I know you and I are quite spiritual, but how do you differentiate between fear that should be acknowledged and fear that should overcome in your decision-making process? Yeah, 100%. So I'm not a risk taker at all. We've grown anything like that. We've just, um, I'll give you my Gary Teak, probably one of the wealthiest guys you'd ever meet in your life. He's the largest investor on the stock market, Australian stock market, private investor. And he's um he's known Franklin's. I don't know if you know. Wow. Um, so he's not, and they kept all of the properties over time. He's probably about seventy five now, and I love him. He's the best. And he said, Matt, I, I went and can I tell you a two second story? Oh, I went, yeah, we were managing their beachfront, and I and they rang up and they wanted to sell it. So I went down to meet with them, and I didn't know who they were. This is I don't know fifteen years ago, and I walked in and I met his son. And then Gary comes in on talking and he, and there's all these in the room, there's all these pictures of aerial shots of cities. And I'm like, Oh, I said, what? Are, and I'm always like, when I'm in meetings, I always ask questions. Some of them are a bit dumb, but like I ask these, I'm like, what are those things? And they're all got these things around all the buildings. He goes, Oh, they're some of the buildings we own. I'm like, Oh, I don't really. Gee. And I was like, what's the plane there for? He goes, Oh, we buy planes and lease them back to Qantas. And I'm like, Oh, right. Wow. And and, but they're so nice people, so nice. And he goes, yeah, we just bought that one there for like a hundred million. We're going to knock it down and build a new one. That's the Westpac building in the city. Unreal. Oh, really? Okay. So after the end of the meeting, I said to Sean, I was outside and I said, you know, when you buy something for a hundred million, do you like borrow 20, uh, pay 20% or like how borrow the rest? What do you do? He goes, he looked at me like I was from a different planet. He goes, no, no, we just pay cash. And I'm like, right. Okay. I walked out and I said to Jamie, my business partner, rang him and said, these people are seriously wealthy. I'm going to see if Gary will catch up with me and, and ask and like ask, ask him some questions. And I said, rang him and I said, Gary, could I please come down and see you? I just want to ask some questions about wealth and things like this. 
you know, I was a lot younger then. And he said, come down. And we were just chatting about things. And he said, I've got some principles I stick by. He goes, I'll never, ever do anything unless it feels right, ever. So good. He said, if I don't like a person, I will never go into business with them, ever. He said, if I feel anything, I will never go, go into business with them. He said, I pay every cent of tax I owe and I don't try and get around it. There's three things he lives by. And he said, there's one more thing, learn about compound interest. And that's all he said to me. Like, you know, and then we talked about all sorts of other stuff, but that there is what I live by. If it doesn't feel right, don't do it. So if the risk feels too great, sure, you might win, but it can also turn you the other way as well. So I'll never do it if it feels too risky. Oh, so good. Mm. And many people have financial aspirations, but they often lack a clear path to achieving them. How do you set and work towards your financial goals? And what advice can you give to offer those looking to improve their financial well-being? Slow and steady. Go back to Gary Teak. He said some other things in that. He said, just buy one house and pay it off. That's what he said to me. Because I said, well, what about wealth and things like this? And he said, just buy one house and pay it off. And then he said, when you pay that house off, then buy another one. That's what he said. And I really like that. And I, I know you're asking me what it is, but I'm very simple. I only own this house here and I have two commercial properties. I don't really need anything else. I have a good, yes. company, good company though. But I think people, I think you'd be amazed at how little money you need to feel safe, to feel secure. You know, sure, have a bit of a passive income along the way somewhere, but you don't need to be a Grant Cardone or you can be, but you don't need to, you don't need to, to, to impress people and things like this, you know, like everyone's wired different. You know, I'm not, some people want a Rolls Royce. Some people want a Lamborghini. Like I have a friend that just bought a Lamb Lamborghini. He's just ordered another one. That's his thing. But to me, I just love the feeling of peace of mind and, you know, I'm not running, you know, I heard on the thing Grant Cardone has like a billion dollars plus in debt. And I understand, I never get, look, I'm not a money person, so I can't give anyone any advice on it, but they say, you know, use debt to get wealthy. I've never liked that. That was like, me out. I don't believe in that. Yeah, no, exactly right. Like, I understand they're like seriously wealthy people. I'm not criticizing them one bit, but I'd, I've never got that concept. And and like I said, I'm not a money person to give advice, but I like owning things. Like if you own it, your car, your house, uh, if you get on with life, then everything you earn, like I earn a lot of money. Like everything you earn, you can do other things. Yeah. I, really, I really am more interested in, uh, there's a women's refuge down here that has no um, places for them or homeless kids around here and they need units. I'm really focused on buying units for them. Like I don't really need too much money, more money now, but um, I really want to buy a, a series of units for them so they can get it sorted and then they get into the world. I, some of the stories, I broke down into tears. Um, oh, sorry. <laughs> no, no, that's okay. So important. People need to hear this because, and mm. I really appreciate it too. Mm. Um, yeah, some of the kids, they have no hope. <laughs> it's it's amazing what you're doing. And I think, you know, it's it's more important to focus on, legacy then you know mm. I, I believe in buying the next latest Lamborghini there's so much more you can do in the world, especially with what's going on so I'm totally with you on that thought pattern and especially I'm so glad it's almost like I feel like I can sigh and feel relieved that you've brought this message out to our audience because they, we are living in a society where everyone's chasing the dollar and the next big thing. But if people just all focused on, they can do that, right? But it's more about like spreading spreading light and, mm. and showing people that are not the be all and end all and coming from the level of your success and sharing that message is so important. So I appreciate it because um, the global economy is shifting rapidly too. And I think people are in a lot of fear and it is this thing of keeping up with the Joneses, especially in certain yeah. states. It's also unnecessary. Like it's good. It's good to get to a point, but it is unnecessary. You know, but like I said a million times, you only need so much. Yeah, absolutely. And Matt, what? Oh, nice. <laughs> well, no, of course, I, I get it. And it, it is, it's a level of energy in the world right now. I think a lot of people are suffering with depression, anxiety. Um, mm. You know, but I think you've just got to be the best person you can be for yourself because ultimately you're going to impact, right? 
Yeah, it is. And I think um, when you really chase health, I reckon, you know, people are feeling anxious and they're feeling like uncertain. And, you know, I have a couple of kids that are a little bit off the rails at the moment. They'll find their way. And then it's like, um, but you can just see their lifestyle. And, you know, it's um, so when you put health first and you're like making this conscious decision to not drink and yeah. you know not do these things that are, that do affect your body, they're going to affect your emotions. Like they're going to affect all of these things. You know, a friend of mine died at 48 the other day and he was like, he died of cancer. And I, and I do wonder, like, there's, if he, I don't know, but, it, you know, these, what I'm learning, I have a great guy called Tommy who's been a nutritionist for 40 years. He's from Iran. He was a refugee. Amazing stuff, you know. And, like, if people went and saw, say, Tommy and then really understood gut health, he says he's got a PhD in nutrition and specialising in gut health. The guy's a phenomenon. He's 58. He looks amazing. Mm -hmm. I said, Tommy, I just want like skin like yours. What do I need to do? He goes, it's easy. He goes, do this. But I, I really wonder if people made these decisions based on, you know, they're trying to stick stuff in their skin to look good. People say I get Botox. I don't get Botox, but people say it all the time that I do. So I think because I've got a fat head. But it's like, um, but I, I'm not sure that we need all of this stuff. I do think there's a place. I do, you know. Tara gets you know, a bit of Botox. Thing. I'm not against it at all. But yeah. but when your insides are really healthy, it shows on the outside. I agree. And, yeah, and I'm not anti any of that stuff I just said at all. I'm more I'm more learning that. I wish I knew this at 25, but probably I wasn't ready to be disciplined enough. Now I am, and those health decisions I reckon are the answer for everything. You're feeling anxious. Look at your gut health. Definitely. And I, I started bodybuilding like early 30s. So like, I, I totally yeah. agree with you and gut health is everything. So I hope the people listening to those will take notes and we've got to get that guy's details. I I, I, yeah. get them. I can but send it to you. Yeah. That would be amazing. I can't wait because yeah. you, you honestly do look great. And I don't care what anyone says, but health is wealth. You know, yeah. um, I recently also had a friend die of cancer. She was, I've lost two friends to cancer very early on, like in their lives, like early thirties, weren't married, didn't have kids. So we've got to start looking after ourselves as people. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Matt, what advice would you give to someone in these times that is suffering with depression or suffering, going through just tough times, could be life, business, work, because the, the energy levels of the world are crazy at the moment. So it's I think done. while I've got you, I just want to ask that question. Calm down. Like, calm down, like, seriously, calm down. And like, I run a busy day. So don't think I walk around like meditating all day. But yeah, you've got to you've got to own the energy tanks, like you have to get enough sleep without sleep, you're not going to feel right. You have to have some sort of structure that you enjoy every morning, I call it the morning bubble. And if you can fill your morning bubble up with good energy, excitement, keenness, passion, anticipation, all this sort of stuff, you almost protect yourself from the day. When you're rushing, that's the first indicator, slow down, slow down. Because as soon as you start to feel rushed, I say rush slow, because as soon as you start to feel rushed, you're out of the zone. Things aren't going to go good. You know, if something happens to you, let it go. Just let the thing go. It's like, it's not worth it. Tara and I had a bit of a thing yesterday, you know, I got to move her, her whatever. I walked out, we were a bit, it could have gone, but I, I wrote a message, said, look, I love you lots, like, you know, there's no point don't drag it on and I think we're walking around with so much emotional you know even if you're in a job that you don't like don't leave straight away but start thinking to yourself what would I like to do and then how do I start slowly moving in that direction the work I reckon it's worse than a prison sentence going to a job every day you don't like mm, same as in a relationship I would say yeah relationship is exactly right yeah if you you know and there's times in a season like you can't marry someone at 20 inspectors feel the same at 45 like that doesn't always work if that's the way that it is well you've sort of served each other to a point and then maybe you need to find different paths for each other I don't know but don't let that fear or uncertainty stand in your way like move to what feels right in here and you it will work out my last divorce everyone's like oh you should stay divorced um, stay married you know lose this much wealth this time blah, blah. best thing I ever did was be with Tara, best thing. And wow. everyone around was like, oh, it's all, you know, you have to do this. And it was a very difficult thing. And and like, but I just knew where I needed to be. And 
now everyone's like, oh, how could you laugh? I'm like, yeah, you were like critical as before. Like <laughs> it's so many, so bad. Like, you know, it, it was, but I just knew inside. So if you've got that pulse going on inside of you, you must follow it. You must. That's there from heaven for a reason. Oh my gosh. So good. So good. Yeah. And Matt, I want to ask you a question, a last question of the day. What is a million dollar brand to you? Um, a million dollar brand. Mm. Like in real estate or anything? Anything you like. And it can be a personal brand, whatever, whatever you think. Yeah. Uh, I think a million dollar brand is like, I see it as someone who does what they say every time. I say that, that they're bankable and it's like, I know it sounds but the care factor. So it's like, there's something powerful about, I, I've said it before, but that authenticity, you know, like when, I think when you, I think when you really live what's important to the other person. So we're talking about a brand in exchange for a service or something like um, the, the million dollar brand will just come when people really understand who you are. Mm. You know, like when they understand who you are and you're so consistent. And I think if there's one thing about um, people who deal with me in real estate is consistency. Like I, I will tell them that it's, not I'll tell them if it's not working I'll tell them straight away or if it's the price they want too much I'll tell them and I can only really relate it to real estate because it's all I know really or whatever but it's like I feel when the agenda is you want to do the right thing by that person and they can feel that or you're just chasing the money and getting paid like that million dollar brand will come I reckon a hundred million dollar brand will come when people really feel that you're real and consistent and you're bankable, I think that's what builds a brand. That's fantastic. There's so many synergies. So my next book is actually called The Bankable Brand and I'm glad oh, yeah, you yeah. were <laughs> bankable. But Matt, I just want to say it's been such an honour to have you on the podcast. I know you're going to help millions of lives. you you got to follow Matt. How do we find out more about your journey and you know, just, just in general keep up with you? I know you've got a couple of things going on, but this is a global audience. So I really want yeah. people to hear more about you and your message. I just think you're you're such a powerful brand in yourself beyond even real estate. Thanks. Just on Instagram, Matt Starman. <laughs> okay, <laughs> perfect. And have you got a website or anything that we can? We can... Uh, um, not really. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Matt. I appreciate you. Nice to see you. <laughs>